All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Ready. Let's go. Okay. Anthology. I am your host, Neil Porter, and I am joined this week by the one true Ben and Mike. And welcome to 2020. It's a critical year. The future. Yes. We are Flying cars. Oh wait, we don't have those. Yeah. No. Um, Replicants. Oh wait, we don't have those. That, no, that, that was last year. <laughs> that was last year, actually. So yeah, Blade Runner is... officially occurs in the past at this point. Right. right. Um, Super surreal. <laughs> Similar to that feeling where the future and Back to the Future. Took place. It was like two years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, we keep going through all these milestones. <laughs> well, 2001: A Space Odyssey officially took place in the past, and 2010, mm-hmm. the year we make contact. Ten years ago. And also, uh, this is the first setting of Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2020. Yep. Right. We're now in the official Cyberpunk era. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> where's my Where's my head, Jack? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind re- reviving uh, some of the stuff from the 1920s. I'd love to see a, 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 a resurgence in Art Deco uh, architecture. Love Art Deco. Art Deco is fantastic. And I think, honestly, generally, people should always walk around in sharp suits. So, um. Yeah, I think hats need to come back. Uh, suits and hats. Suits and hats. Not necessarily suits, but hats. Uh, you know, because hats were so cool, you know, and they did something. But mm. car, the development of cars is what killed hat, the hat industry. Yeah, because you didn't have to walk around in the rain so much. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so, speaking of 2020, uh, today we are going to be, um, sort of looking forward into, in, into the year 2020. Prognosticating. Yes. Wait, can we Foresight, foresight is 2020. <laughs> Technically we're not in public. This is true. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Now that, you know, we're in the future, I don't think it's, it can be safely called foresight. And we have to, you know, elevate it to five-sight. Inflationary language. Okay. Well, we'll, uh. We'll get right on that then, man. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, though, um, as was mentioned in the last episode of 2019, we're kind of eliminating the news segment because we don't really, like, the way we record, we we record, like, four weeks in advance. We're transforming it. So the news isn't really news by the time it's mentioned on this. So instead, um, we're still workshopping a name for it, but essentially... Recent developments for which we are excited that have occurred in since last we recorded. Also known as recent developments. Yes, recent developments. See, here's the here's the way. All I like aboard to, the hype uh, train. Here's the way I like to like kind of give. A also, concept, I think that light bulb's going a, out. A, a so. concept for it. Uh, you know how in like every RPG ever, you go into a town and you're like, so what are the rumors? What's what's the word about town? Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I've been playing Fallout lately, and that's that's you know a trope. Right. Uh, when you talk to people, when you go into a which Fallout? Uh, Fallout Three Game of the Year Edition. Uh, yeah, that and that's one. that's a thing. Like almost every NPC I can talk to, it's like, oh hey, what's the word around Megaton? What's going on lately? That's kind I of know what we can call it. Hmm. We can call it the notice board. The notice board. Hmm. Yeah. But we'll confer. But that's yeah. a strong possibility. <laughs> that has some. Um, so um, things that have happened recently. Uh, as of our recording date of what it's January the fifteenth. Most places. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
the next few hours. Awesome gains done quick. Uh, finished last uh, Sunday. They raised, I think, $3.2 million for uh, the Prevent from Cancer Foundation. Nice. Cool. Um, I didn't get to watch much. I didn't get to watch much of it uh, live because of job. Plus, I was in a play that was rehearsing all weekend, all, all that, all last week. Yeah. Um, was well, that is that one of those things where they have like the video of it on YouTube? Oh, the vods go up on YouTube. Yeah, I've been okay. watching the hell out of that. I just, yeah, I, most I actually, of those things they do that. So. I just, uh, I actually just recently finished uh, watching um, the 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 vod they put up of the mist block uh-huh. where they speed run mists uh, one two and three <laughs> now that would be amusing to me because I always found those games <laughs> tedious and they beat Riven in twelve minutes it, it's, it's, a game, it's one of those things that's like yeah it's very much if you know what you're doing you can do it in the blink of an eye but yeah. if you don't it could take you forever right. that's kind of the whole point of the game yeah or, they beat Riven in twelve minutes they also um, they they did all the all pages run for mit for uh, for for regular mist because if you know what you're doing you can actually beat regular mist in a minute and thirty seconds <laughs> um, because all you have to do to beat the game is get the white page to atris um, which takes like I want to say like a grand, a grand total of like. 70 clicks. Yeah, I was going to say, you're measuring it in clicks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They, they literally like, okay, and uh, here's the inning percent run. Um, we're not going to actually do a clock, but you guys can count. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. So, let's see. Well, starting up, uh, starting 2020, of course, episode 9 mm-hmm. is out. Um, we'll probably get to that at some point. Right. We've got I haven't seen it yet, actually. We'll have many Star Wars things to cover between that and Mandalorian season one and the upcoming season, season two. two. And yeah. Also, oh. there's going to be a final season of Rebels that wasn't going to happen for a while, and now yeah, it is, is probably <laughs> largely because they need another Star Wars thing to slap onto Disney Plus to sell that to people. Right, because Mandalorian. But hey, I mean, if a quality product comes of it, I'm all for it. Like, right. I love Rebels; it's a great show. Love Rebels. Love Mandalorian. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Clone Wars has been good. God. Oh wait, um, this, maybe, is, this maybe, is recent I, stuff. Hold on, though, I think I'm. I'm sorry, I, I'm mixing those up. It's. I don't think it's Rebels. I'm thinking of Clone Wars. Of Clone, Clone Wars. Wars was the show that was going to have another season, and then it never quite came together. Yeah. So that's Clone actually Wars what it, it's not another season of Rebels. It's another season of Clone Wars. The okay. final. It's the last final season of Clone yeah, yeah. Wars. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's, I think this would be like the third last, final season now. Right. So um, anything that's anything new to recent developments because that's what we're at the on at the moment here, Ben. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Kenobi coming out. Okay. Uh, that I think has been confirmed. Yeah. There've been rumors about it for a while. Teaser trailer dropped for Morbius: The Living Vampire. Morbius, yeah. I am. Um, and there's the new Birds of Prey two trailer. Mm-hmm. I I went from not really like looking into that at all to being extremely excited after seeing the trailer because the best part of Suicide Squad was Harley Quinn in my opinion. Yeah, Margot Robbie was great. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It the worst like part of Su- Suicide Squad was Jared Leto. <laughs> they didn't need him to be in the damn movie. No, he was completely immaterial to the plot. <laughs> but I, I, I like the style. Here's the thing. Birds of Prey, it's one of those movies where it's not going to be for everybody, but if it's the yeah. kind of movie that you enjoy, it knows what it is, Yep. and it's playing to that. It's not Suicide Squad, where it just reeked of... Uh, creation by committee, yeah. and there's all these changes with like the director and the editing mm-hmm. and all this shit. Birds of Prey, 
looks like, okay, we know what we're getting, we know what we're doing, and we're going to just lean into that. So, like, the characters, the personalities, the comedy, the, the, the pacing, the action, judging from the trailer, at least. I mean, trailers can be very manipulative, so yes, who knows? But... If it looks, if it's half as good as the trailer, I think it'll be a fun movie that's worth watching. That's true. I'll, 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 I'll check it out. Um, Something I'm very much looking forward to. Um, the Color Out of Space opens next week. Oh, that's still coming. Yeah. Nick Cage being Nicholas crazy. Cage as the farmer from The Color Out of Space. The mashup were... that everyone has always wanted. H. Nicholas Love Cage Craft. and H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hold on, it's, it's fitting in a way, right? Because Nicolas Cage is slowly going insane. Um, I would say... Slowly? Um, well, um, wrong tense. Does that matter, going? <laughs> yeah, wrong tense. Steadily, uh, wrong I don't speed. know. Yeah. But it just, it, you know, that's uh, the linchpin of all the Lovecraftian yeah. stuff. So it's, I am of... Uh, my opinion on The Color Out of Space is either it's going to be really great, or it's going to be amazingly bad in all the best ways. Right. Because um, if it's bad... It's gonna be so bad. It's good. It's very possible because because like the trailers from it make like everything look like it's being played very serious. Which, if you'll recall from our "So Bad It's Good" episode, is one of our main criteria for a movie to be so bad. This was an episode that just me and Ben did. You weren't right. You were, weren't there for that. I remember but, the episode though. But yeah, we established that one of the main criteria for a movie to be so bad it's good is that it has to be earnestly trying to be a good movie <laughs> yeah. and failing spectacularly at it, like The Room. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because Tommy Wiseau tried so hard to make a brilliant a masterpiece of and just didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> but he was earnest! <laughs> right? Yeah. No, he was Tommy, but still. <laughs> um... So, but yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it'll be the first movie I'll see in theaters uh, this year. As I mentioned uh, when we were talking before the recording about Doctor Strange 2 losing its director, who's mm -hmm. staying on as uh, executive producer, and but, you know... We will see what happens. We'll, we'll see what develops. I, right. yeah. I will cautiously optimistic it'll still be a good movie, yeah. but, yeah. I mean, who knows? So... Yeah. On to uh, on to the meat and potatoes of the episode, 2020. Our expectations for it, our predictions. How wrong can we be by the end of the year? And of course, first uh, brief memory lane of yep. 2019. Um, 2019 um, brought an end to the first overall myth arc of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, AKA Phase 3. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think we all pretty much agreed did so very well. Oh yeah, Endgame was great. Really good movie. Paid off a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I felt like it was a great example of like there being you can't see but I'm doing air quotes of fan service without being over the top without being gratuitous mm -hmm. or condescending I mean Howard the Duck was in it that's all you need to know. <laughs> right well even yeah. even better I mean a lot of the fan service was was canon lore anyways it was stuff that yeah. fans wanted yeah. to see that was already there yeah. right I mean you cannot do the fight to end all fights without Cap picking up Mjolnir yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially since Cap's not going to be in any more movies. And that's right? the thing is that or at least not this Cap. I mean, right, yeah. when they now, did it, it now was it's like Falcon Cap, but whatever. Yeah, um, Captain Falcon. Right. Falcon. He's going to utilize the Falcon Punch, right? Okay. He better. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee ki yay, Mister Falcon. 
EPKA Captain Falcon. Right. Mr. Captain. Uh, speaking of which, I watched Die Hard on Christmas, and it was everything I'd hoped it would be. Is this, uh, was this your first time seeing this? Or? No, well, I just mean the fact that I was actually watching it on Christmas. Uh, and yeah. I was watching the full, you know, I wasn't just catching it on TV or something where Mr. Yeah. Falcon is uttered. I was watching the original. Unedited yeah, I want you movie. to clean my couch up now, Ben. I've got will. mayonnaise all over. Jeez. I don't know. Fortunately, Wendy's gives me napkins. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, let's see, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Um, Die Hard. Um, so, okay. Oh, that's right, because we're talking about Falcon, Captain yeah, right. America. Yes, that's So, that. um, I mean, we've got, we've got Black Widow coming out this year. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think, I don't know if that's like Phase 3 or, you know, so, Phase mm-hmm. Phase. Well, I think we think post-Avengers... It's, it's something or another, that's for damn sure. As I understand right? it, every... Post-Endgame? I think anything post-Endgame is considered Phase 4. <laughs> yeah, I think Far From Home was technically the first... Right. Phase 4 movie. Which was a really good movie. Yeah. And uh, I was very impressed with Hon- Jake Gyllenhaal in that. I think Honestly, I'd say it's probably the second best Spider-Man movie I've seen in theaters. After Spider-Verse. Uh, Spider-Verse was really, really damn I keep good. hearing that. I still haven't gotten around to watching it. It's on Netflix. That. Yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> for whatever reason, I haven't got around to it. Let's go home. Do I'll put that on my to-do list for this coming week. Yeah. But, um, so, <clears throat> I think, now, Eternals is coming out soon, right? I'm losing track. Um, I've, I am finally starting to experience, um... What I didn't think was possible for me to experience, which is superhero fatigue. Right, I agree. I'm, I'm honestly I'm experiencing. I, I so uh, to, so to level my first prediction for 2020, or at least mm-hmm. honestly my desire for 2020, mm-hmm. is that maybe we uh, stop completely saturating the market with superhero movies as like the only damn blockbusters that are coming out. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a market thing, right? When, when the returns start getting worse, they'll stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. because, like, as, as, much as, I enjoy, as, as much as I haven't been enjoying what Marvel has been doing, and also pretty much all of DC's offerings since Justice League, like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't much like Justice League. Uh, but it was okay. It was, yeah, it but was... But disappointing, because it should have been so much I, more. I, I liked right. Aquaman. And I, I liked when I liked really Wonder good. Woman, um, and yeah, I'm Wonder really looking great. forward to Wonder Woman uh, 1984, yeah, yeah. which comes out like what next month. All right, so we need to decide if we're just focusing on the 2019 stuff, or if we're going back and forth because we're going back and forth right now. Yeah. Right. Um, so well, I, I was making a prediction, but I'm well, hoping that, well, that's that we lose, that we lose uh, saturation. We we you freeform this, Mike. You always try to impose order on what is a chaotic system. <laughs> It's his nature. <laughs> this is this is this is why we are entropy incarnate. I, I am the lawful good. You're, this. you're the one yeah, with you're the, the notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the paladin. Well, sometimes I I have notes. I'm more yeah. like neutral, chaotic good. So um, chaotic neutral. Another thing that we we covered in 2019, John Wick three. Mm-hmm. Although I really enjoyed it, I still think it was probably the weakest of the three. Yeah, they, they, they've, they've definitely been going down in quality. I've been enjoying all of them, but one was the was easily the best of the John Wick movies. Right. That, that, like, mm-hmm. two was pretty was was not a huge step down. Three was 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 more was like if John Wick two was one step down from John Wick three or from John Wick one, I feel like John Wick three was like three steps down from John Wick two. 
Well, it's like it was it was a really fun like action movie and series of set pieces, but it wasn't terribly like coherent or interesting. Yeah, that's because it was also obs- it, it was it was really just setting up John Wick Four. Well, okay, so we we've said this before. John Wick Two was one long trailer for John Wick Three. John Wick Three was basically world building for John Wick Four. Well, see, here's the thing that that yeah. that right there uh, is the that encapsulates what's wrong with the franchise. Yeah, the first movie was a self-contained movie that did not expect to be a giant hit, right. and it was yeah. fantastic. But then they're like, "Oh shit! Now we gotta now we gotta write all this stuff to make sure we can keep this gravy train yeah. flowing." Right. And so it's a victim of its own success. Yeah. Well, sense. right. Because I don't feel like John Wick Two was a, was a trailer for John Wick was an extended trailer for John Wick Three. John Wick Three really is an extended trailer for John Wick Four. Mm, okay. Um, but two, well, we can, you two kinda, could like if 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 they, they could have like two could have been just as self contained as John Wick One um, by just having the having the ending not be. Oh, and here's a and here's a teaser for for we're for we're going to make another movie. Right. Like, the fact that at the end, um, Winston was like, "Okay, well, you're 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 kicked out, and now run," and he started running, and that was the end of the movie. Like, they could have ended it by just having them kill John and have the movie be and have the the thing be over, and it would have actually had a satisfying ending, in my opinion, if they'd done that. Have John just accept the consequences of having killed someone on on continental grounds and have him be executed? Maybe yeah. would have been a downer ending, but it would have been a satisfying ending, and it would have been consistent for the universe that they made. <clears throat> yeah, right. And of course, that was the whole thing, anyways. That he kind of had a death wish because he was so brokenhearted and depressed about his wife dying and everything. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, John Wick three had had tonal issues, which was part of the problem too. Right. Couldn't figure out whether he really wanted to. <clears throat> Just wanted to live. Whether he wanted to become an assassin again, whether like he wanted to say "fuck you" to the high table, what what was his motivation? Yeah, yeah. It was. But I feel of, like we covered this in the in the episode. It was kind of all over the place, <laughs> right? So, speaking of Keanu Reeves, Matrix and John Wick Four are going to be coming out the same, same day. Next Keanu time. Reeves Day. Yeah. I I will I will return back to my previous statement of. What, how, what are they even going to do in a fourth Matrix Yeah, I movie? don't know. I don't Because the Matrix 3 I don't want had a very on. conclusive ending. Like... Yeah, I don't... Well... It was... The, the story was done. Does anybody... It was done kind of badly, but it was done. Does any... Does, do either of you know anything about the actual plot? No. Uh, there's no been, neither do I. So I would, I would give you a very simple answer to that question. It's not going to have anything to do... Well, that's the issue, though, is Keanu Reeves is back. Yeah. That's the real problem. Before he was in, before they announced his involvement, I would just be like, oh, well, they'll set it before or do some different thing or do a remake or something. But if Keanu Reeves is back, then I have no fucking idea yeah. what they're thinking. When it becomes The Matrix 4, uh, it's like, okay. Like, uh, unlike, the, unlike the Joker movie, which I do kind of, like, I was like, who, who was this for? I... I I understand, like I can understand the 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 decision making process behind making it, even though I didn't agree with it. Four, I don't even understand the the, the decision making process other than money. Right. 
Yeah, well, here's the thing. Search for more cash. Yes. I actually, um, I was kind of late to the party on seeing Joker. I just saw that like a couple of weeks ago. I still haven't seen it, but... It was an extremely good movie. Yeah. But here's the the dirty little secret that's not quite much of a secret because the uh, (laughs) director has publicly said this, Uh, but it's something that people don't pay much attention to. Todd Phillips said he wanted to make a really... he, He had a movie in mind that he wanted to make, and um, and he basically used the Joker as a coat of paint yeah. for that movie. You could have easily changed a couple of names and images and things and not had it been Joker-related, yeah. and it would have still been the same movie, basically. Yeah. And, it's, and it's an extremely good movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's... See, it's not a movie that's for... Like a specific, it's not really like a. It's, it's not like not, a comic book movie. It's not for. It's not for, for fans yeah. of the Joker. It's yeah. not for comic book movie aficionados. Now, all those people may still enjoy the movie because it's a really good movie. Yeah. But it almost has nothing to do with the Joker. Yeah. It's really just. It's it's like a modern taxi driver in many senses, and it's a guy. Yeah. It's a guy who has mental serious mental problems going insane and culminating in some craziness. Um, and also the public's reaction to... I, I can't get into too much without yeah, spoiler without, territory, yeah. but the bottom line is it's not really a comic movie, right? but it, right. it's sold as that because that gets butts in the seats. Yeah. See, that was my problem with it, is because it, I got the sense that this movie wasn't about the Joker as we know him. This is about you yeah. know, some guy going nuts, and let's call him the Joker. Right. You know, <clears throat> you know and I'm like, this is not a comic book movie. This is not... The Joker. But and see, that's the thing is that and, I didn't. And that I was, knew that going in, and I didn't yeah. care, and it was and a really good and, movie. And so and like, and and in general, like, the fact that it isn't a comic book movie actually makes it, in my eyes, a more valid movie. Right. Because it didn't have to make certain concessions. Exactly. It just did its thing. Yeah. And happened to be a comic movie, and that's the thing is, without getting too spoilery here. Um, He's not even necessarily the Joker. It, it's it's ambiguous. The way they do uh, the ending, it's ambiguous as to how canonical or accurate it is. It's the whole unreliable narrator situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to know how I got these scars? Which, of course, is, you know, that's... See, they get to have their cake and eat it, too, because it's like, hey, guys, it's the Joker, but it's not really the Joker, and we don't have to worry about this tying into any other movies. It's a one-off. Right. Anyway, I, we yeah. don't want to go too much of a digression here, but... Yeah, yeah. Recommended, but it's not really a Joker movie yeah. per se. Yeah. Which actually, like I said, makes it more valuable in my eyes. But right. <laughs> but the, the the point still stands. I I I didn't. I I I I understood the the thought process behind the making of the Joker movie, even yeah. as even when I conceptualized it as a comic book movie about the Joker, even though that's not what it is. Right. I don't understand the conceptualization behind the fourth Matrix movie. Right. Right. Other than, hey, um, Keanu Reeves is the internet's boyfriend, let's make a movie with him. Right, yeah, it's, it, you'd have to really stretch to come up with a valid reason, aside from money and Keanu Reeves being totally hot right now, uh-huh. to actually have that movie be made. Right. He's so hot. He's so, Han's all so hot right now. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But yeah, it'll totally it be... you joy? <laughs> it's it's going to be a year of Keanu Reeves, because you've, yes, you've got Matrix, you've got Bill and Ted 3, you've got John Wick 4, and you've got him in Cyberpunk 2070. Well, so, Cyberpunk comes out this year. Um, John Wick, uh, John Wick, and, and Matrix Four come out next year. Oh, that's twenty twenty. They're twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. So we're we're, we're so it's really... gonna be a steady drip of yeah. piano. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, are we done with uh, with with uh, 
reflections. Can well, we I mean, we've been jumping future? back and forth already. Yeah. It's not well, really straight up reflections. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, let's see. No, this is something interesting. It's not you know specific movies or things like that, uh-huh. but as a writer and a you know, I'm looking at some things that are happening in the publishing industry uh-huh. um, that are going to, I think, change the way a lot of things have been done. Um, okay. There's some things going on in Romance Landia that I think are going to start having some impacts elsewhere. So then, what's the what's the headline? What's your prediction? Um, well, I think some of the uh, some of the um, oh the professional organizations are going to find their roles challenged, and they're going to have to start making some changes. When you say professional organization, do you mean like one of those um, like a membership you, organization, like a right. guild or union so or whatever of right. like writers? It's not one that you want to make name because you're trying to get into it. No, I'm already part of it. Um, So, no, SFWA is following this. Uh, Romance Writers of America is currently imploding. So we're going to see, I think, I know we're going to see some changes there uh, to the point that that publishers are distancing themselves from the RWA. Um, So I'm thinking we're going to start seeing some very cautious steps from places like Horror Writers, SFWA, which has handled similar situations. What's SFWA? Science Fiction Writers of America. Okay. Or Sci-Fi and Fantasy Writers of America, if you, you know. But um, they've already weathered something like this. Um, <clears throat> so I think we're going to start... <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we're going to start seeing some changes in how professional organizations are perceived and, and do things that I think that might lead us into some differences in how publishing happens. And so Could be. Um, I don't know what do those changes are. But yeah. Do you have anything, um, any, any specific or solid uh, predictions or inclinations for just people that are just reading that aren't actually writers themselves? Because um, anyone who's not a writer right now is probably not terribly invested in the inner yeah, but anyways, stuff. But. Well, what that, what that means is that you can get in you might be it might be easier to get into things like those those uh, groups because so far a lot of the ones that have been most hype bound are the ones that are falling apart the hardest mm-hmm. and once you get into a professional organization like that I think it's just another part of the democratization of publishing which means you're going to start seeing more independent uh, writers become prominent as opposed to, you know, oh, it's the next big thing that this publisher has picked up. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to start seeing more and hopefully better independent stuff mm-hmm. because that's always been the trend. That's good. More independent press is good. And so we're going to start seeing, I think we're going to start seeing more either that or the publishers are going to close ranks and we're just not, we're just going to see you know them take over. Yeah. So it could go either way. Uh, print on demand is not going to, is, is, is going to, s- what? Like, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say it's it like it still feel like it's it's still gonna maintain a, a strong sort of point of of uh, competition with publishing houses. Mm-hmm. The fact that anyone can print a book mm-hmm. um, and and sell it on like Amazon or mm-hmm. in a local bookstore uh, or things along those lines mm-hmm. um, is always gonna be a point of 
competition for the major publishing houses that, that I think is only probably going to get stronger as time progresses. We well, have seen a trend with like gaming books and stuff mm-hmm. um, where there's more print on demand out yeah. there now so that there's this in between where a company, it's not like a, a giant Wizards of the Coast type operation or like some, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. you I, know, indie that almost doesn't yeah. exist. Is like you're seeing a middle ground. I mean, White Wolf is pretty much entirely print on demand at this point. <clears throat> well, right. Onyx Path Publishing, but right. they're White Wolf. Uh, <laughs> except they can't be White Wolf because somebody else owns that brand, that that branding at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. they're the ones that own the World of Darkness still. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chronicles of Darkness, as it's known now. <laughs> well, it depends. Are you talking about because there's the World of Darkness and then there's Chronicles of Darkness? Because they got two different. Uh, they actually have two completely different product lines going. Oh. Uh, Chronicles of Darkness is old wad, whereas World of Darkness is now new wad. Oh. If I recall well, correctly. That's a bit of a doubt. I might also have it backwards. Well, either way. But um, yeah, like, there's Chronicles of Darkness and there's World of Darkness mm-hmm. to delineate between their Vampire the Masquerade versus Vampire the Requiem and those families um, right. of product. Well, we also have things like, you know, in gaming, we have Critical Role. Which was a bunch of people playing D and D. Now, Wizard of the Coast is going, "Hey, come on into the fold." Yep. I think we're seeing again more the democratization of everything. Well, that's because uh, that's uh, a lot of that is because um, streaming is mm-hmm. becoming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. huge. Yeah, I think that's really more. That's kind of a different issue altogether. Yeah. That's more about the rise of streaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, the um, well, that I mean, that kind of dovetails into you know another prediction here about I mean that recently, uh, and this is something we didn't mention earlier um, in our recent development section. They have like just announced a couple days ago uh, the um, campaign Explorer's Guide to Wildmount. I think is the official name of the book, mm-hmm. which is the uh, campaign to the current campaign Critical Role um, campaign setting, which. Um, the, th- the thing that's so significant about it, aside from it just being a major release that is going to sell a gazillion units um, or copies or whatever, is that the first book, uh, the Taldori campaign setting, that was p- published by Green Ronin. That was a third-party book. Mm-hmm. Now, this, one's coming this one is officially partnered with Wizards of the Coast, similar to how Penny Arcade did for Acquisitions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. So this is an official Wizards book. Uh, and... Uh, well, this is even more significant than the Acquisitions Inc. thing because the Acquisitions Inc. Um, that, that I mean, that was you know also like a historical thing because it was like two companies working together with an official book. They hadn't really done that before, mm-hmm. but that was just kind of like uh, that was their. It's like an elaborate, awesome, but still just a shtick. Yeah, it was a gag. It's mm-hmm. it's a shtick where it's like, hey, Acquisitions Inc. is a thing. Here is like how you build your franchise, et cetera, et cetera. But it still takes place in the D and D settings, mm-hmm. with the default one being Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a, this is its own world. This is Exandria being officially canonized in Dungeons and Dragons, and there is actually a, a bit of a tease to this. There are a couple of teases about it because in previous book releases, official D and D book releases. Um, first of all, Matt Mercer did some consulting and did some small work with them, um, but they had they mentioned when they're talking about like the different like settings and stuff like 
uh, Dark Sun, Eberron, Greyhawk, all the different Forgotten Realms, all the different settings, mm -hmm. they actually name-dropped Exandria as an example. So they kind of teased that this is a thing that might happen before. Yep. Mm -hmm. And there is a big, like, tableau in the uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist book where they showed all these, like, NPCs and stuff, and they actually had Matt Mercer himself as like some bardic type character in there is a little wink and a, wink and a nod to him because yeah. he worked with them on the book and stuff. Right. Right. And so people are like, oh, this is hilarious. Mercer is officially canonized in D&D. Well, again, that might also be a precursor to the fact that they're kind of considering that at the time. Yeah. But yeah, this does kind of tie into the whole rise of streaming thing because obviously, you know, mm -hmm. is, is great as their working relationship is and everything, the fact that Critical Role is by default a giant advertisement for Dungeons & Dragons, mm -hmm. um, there's money to be made. So they got together and did it. Now, that's not, that's not a pejorative. I mean, I'm not like, oh, they're all just, oh, they're being so greedy. It's like, yeah, it's a business at the end of the day, but also they're doing it because it is a good thing. It is a quality product. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be so popular in the first place. To, uh, and they're, and they're, they're capitalizing on a good thing. Yeah. To quote my, my second favorite joker, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he has so many damn fine quotes in that movie. <laughs> That's just one. That's just one of the many. Yeah. I also love how you generated that meme where it's like, you do blank, nobody bats an eye. You do blank, everyone We're loses their minds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I think we're, I think you're right. We're thinking. I think we're seeing the rise of the independents. You know, streaming, self-publishing. Um, you know, third-party presses. Indie games. Indie games. Um, and I think the big... The well, smart, indie games have been pretty big for a while, thanks to Steam. Right. But the, the big names are starting to realize, oh, hey, this is where our new content lives. You are seeing it happen in different contexts, though. Like, for example, the Switch has a ton of indie games on it. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you are still seeing it kind of pop Untitled up. Untitled Goose Game was, uh, was, was first, I, th I think, first on the Switch. Mm -hmm. And that was the indie game of last year. Which so. is hilarious because it's about being being an asshole goose, <laughs> right? So I mean, it's yeah. I think we're we're starting to see the rise of more, you know, indie stuff that's not coming out of the massive studios or the massive studios finding indie indie stuff and and that it up. that yeah that they that they then pick up. Mm -hmm. I I think that in this year and probably in the next couple of years we're going to see. Similar things to the Watsi partnership with uh, with Critical Role, in that a lot of people that are semi indie are going to uh, come into the fold of larger com companies because right. hey, you have a big fan base. Right, we have want... deep wallets. Let's make a deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, so and yes. which Let's... which can result which is going to result in one of which is probably going to result in uh, in in the standard. Backlash of oh man, they sold out for a lot of people, which right. is stupid. Yes, it but, is. Fascinating. Um, but if you're doing something, never do it for free. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's also eliminating the. It's not what you know; it's who you know. Well, here's the other thing too to keep in mind about the whole like these deals being made and what it means for. By the way, if any giant corporation wants to swoop in and pick up uh, working <laughs> a massively theory, popular, my, yeah, <laughs> my, my 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 small company, Working Theory Productions, uh, give me a call. Well, see, the thing is, uh, a lot of people will act like it's inherently a bad thing that, you know, a particular deal or arrangement is made. But the way I look at it is, 
it's all about how the deal is done. Yeah. And if the deal yeah. is done in a way where people are thinking it through and you know one side isn't exploiting the other, then yeah. it's fine. And here's the thing is, Critical Role is a great example of that because what happened with Critical Role is, mm-hmm. first, uh, and you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, I'll just do the, the Cliff Notes version here. First, it was just a group of voice actors and friends that were playing games roughly a couple times a month for an extended period of time. And it became this kind of like, Thing, this buzz, buzzy thing. And then Geek and Sundry picked it up as a show. They were trepidatious about doing it. And then, of course, it just steadily got more popular until it became this whole cultural phenomenon. And then, and they then from, with Geek and Sundry, because Geek and Sundry is apparently kind of a group of dicks. Um, well, I mean, I don't know about. You know. Apparently, they're like they're as far like from from a corporate standpoint, they're kind of controlling. That's why Will Whedon stopped doing tabletop with them. Hmm. Well, I mean. Yeah, we're getting into a lot of he said she said stuff, so I'm not gonna really get into that. But they are they are a company that is part of legendary, so it is part of a bigger corporate thing. So you know, people have opinions, but that, I think that has that doesn't really is my take on it is that really has little to nothing to do with it. It was more about them wanting to have full creative control over their thing mm-hmm. and also make a lot more money doing it by the way right. because yeah. if you're owned if you're if you have to answer to some company that's part of the yeah. company then you're not you know right and obviously like that's the thing is that was like that the wild success of the show that that was like their flagship thing over there mm-hmm. so anyway point is critical role became their own company and they have their own studio and it's all just they're calling all the shots mm-hmm. you know yeah. so i feel like this arrangement isn't a bad thing with the book or whatever. It's just another yeah. deal within that, and he yeah. wouldn't have. They wouldn't have agreed to it if they had to compromise something. Yeah, like no, that. no. I'm not saying they are, and I'm not even trying to insult Crit Roll there. I'm just saying that I, I anticipate that in the future we are going to see more and similar deals to that that are going to have that that um, that to a certain that that I expect at some point will. Have will will experience be due to the those I can't speak. You can English. Come on, you yes. word. <clears throat> um, if uh, as more and more of those sort of deals come come together, I expect there will probably be a bit of fan backlash at some point. Right. Yeah. No, um, I wasn't taking that as your opinion. You were just saying other people react and will react in this right, way. Yeah. And it, when you I'm have, not even saying necessarily to critical role, but to yeah, something down general. the line. Yeah. And it will be, I, I feel like eventually people will be like, man, I remember when people used to do this for the love of it. Well, here's the thing. Like, whenever you, you know, have music in the 60s and 70s. Whenever you have a large <laughs> enough group of people, there will always be people that react in silly ways. Ben, you're old. You're going to say something about music? They never did it just for the love of it. No, they never did. I mean, they loved it. Mm-hmm. But if someone said, hey, we'll pay you for it, they didn't turn that down. Yeah. Um, well, that's the definition yeah. of being a professional is being and, paid for And when work. I say selling out, I'm, I'm saying that tongue planted firmly in cheek. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, but the thing is, Mark, Mike, you made a comment there uh, earlier that I think is telling in what is going to be the major difference here. Because you know you were saying that if the if there was was it if they had to compromise right. what they were doing they wouldn't have done it exactly and by the way this isn't necessarily this isn't me patting them on the back and going they sure do have a lot of integrity a lot of their brand is integrity 
So exactly. it's not even, they're such great guys and gals. It's like, well, if they don't act that way, that's their brand and it hurts their bottom line. And so you, everyone at home can interpret how much of it is altruism and integrity and how much of it is just practicality and profit margins and stuff. Because well, I think their brand that's, they come, it's, be. it's all very much interwoven when it comes right. to that company and its brand. Well, uh, it's not so much the whole integrity is good and et cetera and so forth, all of that. I like that. Yeah, like you said, their brand is integrity. I don't think that would have become the case if they hadn't. Right. Well, that's a big that. part of what made it so popular is that it's a it's a group of friends that mm -hmm. love each other and have so much fun doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like that the the authenticity of it is what made it so popular in the first place. That's so nice. if they just went all like mercenary about it, then they would lose that, and then therefore they wouldn't have what made it special. Therefore, it would fall apart. Right. So again, that's. You know how much of it is practicality, how much of it is integrity. You know that's for people to decide on their own. But well, but the 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 telling part about that was they had the leverage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's going to be one of the big changes is these smaller groups right. who have this because they can turn to them and go look fuck it we're doing fine without you right yeah <laughs> you know Me, yeah the fact the fact that 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 yeah. the, a lot of these brand deals and and uh, and such are going to be going to people will be like yeah well no the the the, the fact that, that people will be will be in a position to be able to say <laughs> no Right. Will will empower them. That that is that is. Accurate. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, it's it's a it's very much a script flipped where it's like you have large companies approaching smaller companies and individuals, and the smaller mm -hmm. ones having the leverage in that potential uh, deal or arrangement or whatever. Mm -hmm. Exactly, because it, it is if they do have that leverage. I mean, it was like I, I, okay, at one point I messaged um, P. and Elrod who writes the vampire series that you love. Yeah, the vampire files. The vampire files. Um, buy her stuff, okay? Um, and I was like, look, you know, do I need an agent? You know, it's, this is this is where I am this year. This is what I made. She's like, son, if, you, if you're doing that, you don't need what an agent can give you. Now, I ended up with an agent, <laughs> yep. but not for the Demon's Apprentice stuff. Yeah. You know? And, and your agent was like, would you like me to represent you? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I think that's I think that's the thing is, is where we have more leverage now that you know because yeah, people are starting to come to indie artists like myself, uh, you know, saying hey, you know, I think you need some representation. Would it be fair to say then that, that is our kind of macro prediction here is that um, <clears throat> the the little fish will have more. Um, mm -hmm. Bargaining power when it comes to all this stuff. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. tabletop books, video games, whatever. I, yeah, I think that I think that's a, that's a safe prediction to make. Yeah, mm -hmm. until it pro uh, except you know for the other prediction that is going to be made, which is uh, by twenty twenty five, Disney will own America. <laughs> um, Welcome to the United States of America Incorporated. Yeah. Um, well, the the thing with this, it's a magical. Is, it's a magical country. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the magic country. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, what was I thinking? Because um, that was so damn good. I had to. Okay. Um, what and where I see this coming from is that the big corp, the big companies are starting to learn that your best indicator of what people are going to buy is what people like. Mm -hmm. And we now have streaming to show what people like. Well, see, that's what's interesting about this whole thing, right, mm -hmm. is that 
um, it's it's a it's kind of um, it's all about like having a lot more accurate read on what people are currently interested in and what they will be interested in in the near future. Mm-hmm. In some ways, that is determined by the small, smaller stuff, smaller scale stuff. And, but then also there's also, the, there's also the larger corporate aspect of it where you have streaming services and other advertising stuff that's constantly data mining what people are doing. Yeah. What people are watching and playing and enjoying and streaming. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. this weird hybrid, right? Where it's, it's, a lot of it's driven by the small stuff like we talked about but a lot of it's also driven by the big companies it's, that are getting the information yeah. to then learn who to make the deals it, with. It's kind of interesting like the fact that people watch so much stuff on Twitch and I mean Twitch is the main streaming but other streaming services right. and things along those lines um, mm-hmm. like it what what the what you like you <laughs> they are they are doing they are they are they are doing market research for companies for free right um yeah so oh, yeah. yeah especially especially when in, in, in the realms of media um like you can't you like there's not quite going to be nearly so much like streaming streaming isn't going to revolutionize like the clothing industry anytime soon um, but it's already making inroads into makeup. Well, there makeup, is makeup. Well, yeah, but not, clothing. Yeah. Right. Cosmetics is a different thing altogether. Yeah, that is a different thing. Watch, someone will figure it out. Well, <laughs> fashion maybe to a certain extent, but like, it, like there are certain industries that 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 this is not that this doesn't help, but new media is huge for a lot of different industries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also, like, <clears throat> there's streaming specifically, and then there's all the other associated things with, like, the internet and technology and communication. So, yeah. like, you could say all those other things could relate to an industry like the clothing industry where you have, like, subscription services where people, like, rent clothes or whatever. And, like, there, there's all kinds of things like that. They're tangential, but it's not directly streaming. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you've got, I mean, you've got now... The other big thing is these, like these loot boxes, these mm. loot crate type, type things. I feel like this, like loot crates, were the were the were the craze of last decade. It, it is, it is a bit of a yeah. It did seem kind of like that's on the because there, they, yeah. But there are so at many this more point now, it's not gonna, it's not so much loot boxes as as uh, as curated uh, boxes. Yeah, well, I, like I guess loot boxes. Loot boxes were yeah. were kind of random grab bags. Mm-hmm. For the most part, um, whereas uh, there, I think we're there, I think we're going to see a trend away from random stuff to uh, things more like um, like like bespoke box and flabbyard and things along those lines, where they're like, "Hey, we have a group of things. What would you like us to send you?" This month, yeah, right. Which funny is funny because that in turn, this is like an Urbos, where it's like that in turn goes back to developing market research because mm-hmm. <laughs> now you have a large uh, subscriber customer. I base almost got in on Flaviar of people, which is the uh, which is the uh, the the bourbon box. Mm, I've seen. It's like, do you like bourbon and scotch? <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> well, would you like to try interesting bourbon and scotch from all over the world? For sixty dollars a month, 
It was it was the price point that was like I can't afford a sixty dollar a month subscription. Right. Yeah. Um, much as I do like bourbon and scotch. See, and that's I can't so, afford to spend sixty dollars a month. That that's what's on so fascinating about that is that like that's like <laughs> those things become like a bargain option at different levels of of budget mm-hmm. because like the person that can afford that but also, but can't afford to go out all the time and buy expensive shit at bars mm-hmm. they are at that point where like okay well I would pay this much for this but I can't afford to go out every night and buy expensive liquor so they do yeah. they subscribe to the thing yeah. and then they get what they want. Yeah, I it's mean, interesting. Right. Once a year for my birthday, I will buy myself a $100 bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. And I will then proceed to drink that bottle of scotch for a year. I actually, my, my scotch supply ran out in September this last year, but still. Um, <laughs> I like to look at that as being ahead of schedule. <laughs> right. <laughs> we finish this bottle but, No, but, it sounds more like, I finished this bottle ahead of schedule. <laughs> but, but like, I can't, that's a once a year thing, not once a month for right. half as much. Like, right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's like me going to a bottle of scotch every month. Well, no, okay. Flaviar sends little samplers. Uh, okay. It's like a flight. Kind of yeah, that yeah. you get a, you get a flight of three to five scotches or bourbons or other spirits, um, and like it was a very interesting um, mm-hmm. it was a very interesting service. And if they would like to sponsor this podcast, I'd be mo- all I'd be all for it because I'm sure they are listening right now. It's very second. So um, the overall prediction there essentially is that the curated. The curated box yeah. subscription thing will continue the, to the, yeah, flourish, right? But, but it will, but it will trend more towards curation as opposed to as opposed to randomness. Right, right. Like there will be more, like the the subscription service is going to be more tailored towards. Okay, well, I need, I, I want like. For the clothing boxes, like okay, I need you. I want you to send me slacks this month. It's like less dice rolling, more point by system, right? Essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to bring it back around, very, to something very geeky. standard array of items. Right. Yeah, to bring <laughs> it back around to something geeky. Standard yes. array would probably be the better analogy. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually and, like point by. Uh, yeah, point by. Yeah. So <clears throat> what we're seeing more, I think, and I think this may end up getting its way into entertainment, is technology is giving us more access to choice. Mm-hmm. And it's get putting more power again, which is something that I've always been saying. It's a democratization. It's putting more power into the hands of public opinion as opposed to public opinion being solely manipulated by a small group of people. You see, what's interesting about that though is that when you when it comes to uh, when it comes to major theatrical releases, it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Disney and a couple like one other two other companies own pretty much everything, and those are all the movies that you get with the major releases. Yeah, <laughs> and the main reason for that is because that's what people are paying to see. If people stop yeah. paying to go, like if people stopped pay- coming out and making, you know, the the most recent Marvel movie, the highest grossing film of all time, every time. I, I realize they don't actually do that. That's hyperbole, but yeah. Um, but when you know when you stop rewriting the top ten highest grossing movies with every new release, right? Then we are going to see a more a, a, a larger variety of things released. Yeah, and again, they're going to look at what people are watching, you know, what people are streaming, what people are interested in. Yeah. So, like, Critical Role, you know, because we're seeing lots of that, we might start seeing more fantasy out there. 
Uh, mm-hmm. We're already seeing Lord of the Rings uh, Amazon series. Right. Uh, they don't fuck that up. Yeah, time will tell. Yep. And of we'll course, see. you know, Game of Thrones was super popular, so that also... And then it mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah, well, a lot of people eight. didn't like that last season, but uh, I wit- still actually never... The, the Witcher on Netflix is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah and there, there's more fantasy momentum right there. Right. I have yet to see that. It's apparently more based off the books than, than, than the games. Right, right. And, and from what... Uh, Having barely played the games, I can't really. Speak from to from that. what I hear, it's all of that. All of the events and the show take place before the games do. Um, in the books, uh, all the book, everything in the books take also take place before. Uh, the games no, the, the first game apparently some stuff uh, is related to the first book. Yeah. I've played a little bit of the original Witcher game. It was really hard to work out like what the hell I was supposed to do at any given point in time. Yeah. Apparently, the second and third games got a lot more clear in that regard. Yeah. Um, like everyone says, yeah, the first one's kind of a kind of a difficult play, but I bought it for five bucks on Good Old Games, so I'm not exactly complaining. Right. <laughs> yeah. I bought The Witcher two, but uh, this was that was before I upgraded my computer. I could actually probably run it now. Yeah, but yeah, the the fantasy thing that's definitely that seems like a fair assessment. That's not even really a prediction; it's already happening. So yeah, right. I mean, I guess that's just kind of a tame. It will continue. A resurgence of fantasy <laughs> is it would not go amiss in, in popular media. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, here's a fun little aside. My prediction is that the Sonic the Hitchhiker movie will suck. I am going to go see it. Because <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look nearly so terrible as it did in the first bit of uh, I, Well, I just, I mean the quality of the movie in general, not the actual visuals. Well, I, I honestly like, feel like the second trailer, uh, like with, with, with the redesigned visuals and also apparently a slightly reworked storytelling angle. Honestly, looks like it might not be as bad. Well, and I do think that Jim Carrey was possibly the perfect casting for Doctor Ivo Robotnik. <laughs> no, seriously, so he's fantastic. So this in the trailers, is, the this is this is going to be this, uh, this has the makings to me of an episode in and of itself. Pros and cons of. You know, of Sonic the Hedgehog movie, like YouTube duke it out. I'll put on a little black and white striped outfit uh, and be the referee because I'm just going okay. Because um, the thing is, is I liked the original Sonic the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon based more on what's going on in the game uh-huh. than I did what came out later on. I, I remember watching that as a kid. So you're talking about this, uh, the Sonic the, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog versus Sonic Sad AM. You mean where he's like chomping down chili dogs all the time? Right. Yeah, the one that's basically versus the one where he's a freedom fighter of the planet Mobius. Yeah, exactly. Which one? <laughs> what? What? Like no, that was the that was the good series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It really was. It was a very good series. I just it just it's hard for me to. I, I haven't really. I've been checked out of the but Sonic, that Sonic was, franchise. That was, that was Sonic Sat AM for almost the entire because franchise. it because you had to be confused because originally they were both the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And they were both airing simultaneously, but they were two. Com- but they were being made by two completely separate companies. Although Sonic the Hedgehog was was voiced by Jaleel White in both cases. I didn't even know that was. Jaleel White, by the way, is, is Urkel. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. Urkel so is Sonic Urkel the Hedgehog. Urkel is Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, that so is fantastic. So at some point, Jill, Jaleel White's going. Did I do that? <laughs> uh, he also he also voiced um, Sonic and his twin brother and sister in the in the vastly inferior 2000 series Sonic Underground. Wow. He you voiced all a, three of them. You are a font of Sonic trivia. A very useless knowledge, yes. Um, 
<laughs> I really liked Sonic. I played like like the first like three games on Sega Genesis, and that was basically it. I didn't really, and like I said, I watched you know mm-hmm. a bit of that that cartoon show, but that was about it. I think you're about to have a game thrown at that's you. That's the extent of my uh, Sonic involvement. I own the Sonic Mega Mega Collection on a PS2. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, which we had all of them except for Sonic CD, which I, I just I have the play. feeling the question for me isn't going to be is it a good or bad movie, but mm-hmm. how bad is it? Yeah, and now there is a good chance that it may not be that bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm still thinking it's probably going to be pretty bad. There is another trend that I think is worth watching out for here in 2020 uh, that, admittedly, I did not identify so much as Jim Sterling did, and I'm totally aping, totally aping his uh, his noticing. Uh, but I think we're going to see a lot more uh, instances of um, movies following kind of the trend of video games of being patched, like, or like having more content released on you, you know like like Endgame has had like three ad- additional like has had like fifteen minutes of additional content added onto it, mm-hmm. but the big difference was cats. Oh god. If you are not familiar. Oh god. Here we go. If you saw Cats in the first week, you actually saw a different movie <laughs> than you did in the second week. Except the fact that nobody saw that movie. Because it got a lot of people <laughs> a lot of, saw that a lot of people saw that movie and um, hated it. <laughs> a lot of people saw that movie and thought that it was that that, that and, and asked, so is this what it's like being on shrooms? <laughs> and acid at the same time? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like wrong. no, like Sony. I think it was Sony. Don't get me Who, wrong. Whoever. I I agree with you. A large percentage of the people that saw it hated it, but the amount of people that saw it was still a very small. Amount. I really seriously want to go hate watch it with someone at some with, with some friends at some point. <clears throat> no, it's very it's very much going to be a fun like train wreck to watch. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but holy. But God. but the, the the point that I'm trying to make is. Um, right, the whole patching thing where they, they make changes and updates. They, like the the company that made that that made, which I can't remember who did it, uh, but what what company was aff- affiliated with Cats? Mm-hmm. What what what? Uh, I, movie I don't know either. But they released, but like they actually sent an updated film to the theaters. After like it had been playing for two weeks, where they realized that there were some a uh, couple bits where the CGI was wrong, like you could still see human hands, which you weren't supposed to see. Yeah, super weird. Um, and they also recut it. Yeah. So you actually literally saw a different movie if you saw it from one week to the next. <clears throat> um, That's so bizarre. And I feel like that is a, a thing that we might see more of. Yeah. In the future. Yeah, that's probably true. Especially since we're since we're you know we're, we're uh, like no one's making movies on film anymore. They're all digital, right? Which means all you have to do to update the film is update a file in the hard drive. So it's it's mainly going to be those two things. Would you say like extras or whatever for the stuff that's doing well, and then mm-hmm. trying to fix frantically fix stuff that's crappy and not yeah. doing well. And Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog was actually a a, a pre indicator of that because people are like. Saw the first trailer and saw yeah. the the original design of Sonic, and 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 the stuff ga- of nightmares. And gamers collectively threw up in their mouths. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was all that bad. I just thought it was like, really, 
Okay, well, that sucks, but I wasn't... I wasn't outraged. Yeah, I didn't was clutch like, any pearls or anything, but... I do really like the new design of, of the new Sonic. Because, um, you know, it actually looks like hey, Sonic. Hey, don't even... It's, it's, I don't have and not like some game, deviant not. art uh, interpretation <laughs> of Sonic. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm not rooting against or anything. I want it yeah. to be good. I want all movies to be good, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, maybe a few to not be good, just to have fun with them. How bad they are, of course, because yeah. you always got to have that. But yeah, I mean, the Hedgehog. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, oh, the um, the Final Fantasy VII remake's finally going to be coming out in twenty twenty. Uh, well, just Midgard. It's just a Midgard. They're doing an episodic. They're thing. doing an episodic. Oh God, that's that has been confirmed. It's just going to be up until you leave Midgard. Good God, which felt like its own game to begin with. Yeah, and it's true. But I don't uh, like. I mean, after all this time and all this hype, they're going to then drip it out and just really wring all that money out of people via episodes. That is so. Stupid. Yes. This is somehow surprising to you. It's not surprising, it's just disappointing. Also, it, like, remaking the whole thing um, to the level of detail that, they're, that, that, they, that they have, because they, they, at E3, they had a, they had a playable demo. Um, I mean, to the degree that they're reworking it, it, like, I realized they, they announced it two years ago. If they were going to try and remake the whole thing, yeah. They need another four years of development. Maybe don't announce the game that early then. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, every issue is an issue of their own making. To yeah. a certain extent. They decided to do it. They decided to do it to this extent. And they decided to announce it when they announced it. Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, people can give all the reasons till they're blue in the face, but that doesn't change my opinion on well, At the point where, once it's announced, you, that you, can't, you can't put that cat back in the, in the bottle. Right. Yeah. Which, which, what, what, what phrases are we mixing there? Genie in the bottle and what's the cat out of the bag? Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things that it, I, I was intentionally. I, I know you're doing intentionally, I just wasn't sure what the other half of it was. Yeah, uh, cat in the bottle. Cat in yeah. the bag. Okay. Cat bag. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, well, that's. By the time it actually is a thing, I won't care anymore. <laughs> that's what it. That's what it amounts to. Yeah, I'm, I'm already bordering on that uh, as it is. So, right. so, and do you know what my reaction to uh, them remaking Final Fantasy VII was? Huh, Meh. Okay. Huh. <laughs> See, yeah. here's the thing. I we we we've covered I, this. Here's a prediction. We've covered prediction. this topic yeah. before. Here's a prediction I have for 2020. We're going to revisit our Final Fantasy ep episodes, because we haven't done that in a while. Yes, agreed. Um, <laughs> and that is that is a prediction we have the power to make come true. <laughs> yes. Yes, or not. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I like Seven, but I'm not nearly so enamored of Seven as yeah. the rest of the Final Fantasy public. Well, that was one of those things where it was like, it was a big, like, technological thing. Yeah. And a big turning point with, like, getting new fans and all that stuff. So, like, for a lot of people, yeah. it was a big thing. For, the I, way I, I look at it is this. There's I, a lot of younger people where Episode One was their first Star Wars movie, mm -hmm. right? Now, on a basic level, I'm not going to relate to that at all. Mm -hmm. But I get it for them. Yeah, and so, I, it's kind of like that with FF7. Yeah, right? and, I, and, I, and I also get that hype. I just feel like Final Fantasy VII is 
overloved by 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 the populace because of that. Right, I agree. So it's it's a lot of nostalgia. I mean, it's a great game, but mm-hmm. it's it's overrated because of that. It's and I also look at it as like that is those are resources that could be dedicated to something new and different and interesting. Yeah, you could be doing like all that Final stuff. Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> you could actually have a new Final game or twenty something or a new idea. Yeah, no, no, they're up to fifteen at the moment. Are they up to fifteen? I thought it was like twenty or something. No, well, that's if you count in all the other stuff. Yeah, because like, you have like ten two and tactics and like all well, these other offshoots and stuff. Yeah. Right. By the way, Final Fantasy Tactics oh, is probably actually my second favorite Final <laughs> Fantasy game. And also, Final Fantasy fourteen happened twice. <laughs> there was there's Final Fantasy fourteen. There's Final Fantasy fourteen, A Realm Reborn, where they literally wrote yeah. into uh, wrote into the storyline of Final Fantasy fourteen. The world is ending and going to be destroyed because they really fucked up their their game. This is design. one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite gaming stories of all time. Um, we got ten minutes, most, so go for it. One of the most Japanese things ever, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, like, <laughs> they were like, "Oh my gosh, we fucked up so bad. We really need to make this right." And they're like, they they did a public thing. We're like, "Listen, we know we fucked this up. We're really sorry about fucking this up so bad. We're going to literally end the game." have the game's world come to an end and then come a whole new world is going to a whole new world <laughs> yeah. I, I was they, waiting they, for it thank you for not letting yeah. me down <laughs> they literally wrote in the reset of the world yeah. into oh. the game story like we're going to we're going to work our asses off to do this game all over again and make it good this time and they and they succeeded and we'll do it from in, all reports yeah, yeah and we'll do it Final Fantasy 14 is yeah. apparently and we'll a do really it in the universe it the same yeah. it was one of the most meta things of all time yes and then the game, lo and behold, I mean, this is so funny, right? Because I wasn't really invested in the game. Mm, like, okay. I, I was... This was back in the days of yore when I was still reading PC Gamer. Uh, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> back when PC Gamer magazine was still a thing. It was actually good. Back when and, magazines were still... Well, yeah, when, when physical magazines were still a thing. Anyway, I remember having an issue with PC Gamer, and I was like, oh yeah, FF14, I heard that was a thing that was going to happen. I didn't really care, because even though I loved Final Fantasy, I played FF11, and it was just kind of meh to me. Yeah. So I didn't really care about Final Fantasy MMOs. And then I, I flipped to the review page, and it was like single-digit review, and it talked about how it was the buggiest, crappiest, stupid content beer thing ever and it would just savage the game like oh that's brutal that's that's yeah. that's too bad and then i just didn't pay any attention to it. and then i heard about this realm reborn thing going i'm like what and then i looked into it i'm like it just blew my mind and then when that <laughs> game came out well shortly after it came out i played it i didn't play it for too long but i played it for you know a handful of months and really enjoyed it and it was a great game and and then the, it was so funny because then the pc gamer is tasked with reviewing the new game yeah. and their review was like 80 ish percent it was like yeah this is a really good game and they didn't let <laughs> the a first solid game they didn't let the first iteration color their you know that, perspective that, of it that, that, which was cool that's fair yeah. of them to that, not that, 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 that's respectable in, 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 but it was just a very fun weird yeah. story mm-hmm. because I was just like this has never happened and will probably never happen again I have a couple friends who very religiously play for Final Fantasy 14 that game's still going well, strong it yeah. has a good fan base and several expansions there's a new expansion coming out soon where you get to play uh, Shadow Knight a la uh, Final Fantasy 4 now that's cool that is cool. Because FF4 is one of my, my first. favorite games and mm-hmm. first Final Fantasy games, so I'm very nostalgic. Yeah, everybody, everybody's always super nostalgic for their first Final Fantasy game. Yeah. My problem is my first Final Fantasy game was 1. Oh, so, so um, was mine, yeah. And, like, as much as I, like, I can't build up nostalgia for it because while it was interesting and groundbreaking and such... It wasn't actually all that good. If it, yeah, it becomes very boring and paint-by-numbers and... Yeah, like... Yeah, 
So, but, but... It essentially, like, tropes the game. Yeah. And then, like, they actually expanded into interesting characters and yeah. stuff beyond all that. But we'll get back, to the, back into that. We'll yeah, get back that into is for another episode. Yeah. Um, we are pretty much out of time. Uh, any rapid-fire predictions or things that anyone wants to... I've got a couple rapid-fire yeah. predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Black Widow movie will be okay. Okay. It won't be great. It won't suck. It'll be all right. It'll be very middle of the road. And also... Um, Esports and streaming will continue to grow, and um, the they will continue to diversify, and the like, whatever you want to call it, the streaming celebrities or stars or whatever people like, <clears throat> ninja and stuff. These these streamers that make ridiculous amounts of money, um, that will continue to. Um, actually, that's a good example because apparently he went to some lesser known service called Mixer. He moved to Mixer, yeah. Yeah, so that is my prediction. Basically, is that that will. Um, that will diversify a bit more. You'll see. Well, some specifically, the, Microsoft paid him to move to Mixer. For yeah, them. he was. Yeah, I mean, it was straight up like he hey, was scalped. Here's here's a here's a giant bag of money. Join our service, and he's like, all right. Join our <laughs> service exclusively. Yes, exclusively. Yes, <laughs> or else it wouldn't have been worth a pile of money. Right. Anyway, right. Exactly. point is, uh, I think a lot of them. the smaller services will grow because there will be more of that. Uh, here, use a quick analogy. Uh, when it comes to sports ball. You know, you've got the draft picks and the free agents and all that stuff. You're kind of seeing that now with, like, professional gamers and or streamers. And I feel like that is going to kind of happen where then you'll have this, like, thing where you have smaller services and stuff. It'll start to kind of get, like, rise to prominence based on, like, who's using it and how it's going and stuff. So I feel like, you know, basically you're going to see, like, some lesser-known services come into somewhat prominence and that'll continue to be a thing. Okay. So... Following along those lines, stupid prediction. As we get gamer leagues and things like that, and streamer leagues and things like that, yeah. esports injuries are going to become the new scandal. Wait, what now? Esports injuries. Oh, esports injuries? Yes. You know, gamers thumb. Uh, you know, uh, swamp ass. Ice train. Uh, ice train. Well, yeah. You, you joke about that, but like. Um, there have been, um, I've been following, I've, I've, back when I, for the last, until this last year when I pretty much stopped caring about League of Legends, uh-huh. um, I watched the, I watched the, uh, the pro circuit on that, and the number of times that a, that a number of people had to be benched um, for acute uh, tendonitis and or carpal tunnel. That's what I'm saying. It's um, just like, just it's like, not going to be as you would you would see people playing with like yeah. big fuck off wrist braces because you you have to keep in mind they're 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 clicking kind of like click 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 right. click, click, click like constantly yeah. right. for eight to ten hours a day because that's how much they practice. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, you will, you destroy your like. I, it's a repetitive motion for yeah. hours a day for mm-hmm. most days every week for weeks or months right. on end. Yeah. It makes sense. It's just Yeah, no, it yeah. Like, it's, I it's, don't think it's gonna be scandalous. I think you're just we're going to hear more about it. Yes. Well maybe scan- and somebody and somebody will make it a scandal. Well, so it may be scandalous in the sense of uh, the fact that people try to push all that under the rug like it's not happening, like head injuries in the NFL. Right. So exactly. I think I feel like that's, that that could totally be a thing. We're gonna get that and we're also gonna get uh, 
mainstream media who doesn't get the fact that this is that this is a real thing making fun of it. Right. You'll have all the stupid people, the talking heads that'll be like, oh, video game injuries. <laughs> yeah. Not really realize the onion, because they don't know the, anything. The about Onion it. will do a, will do an article about this at some point. The onion while I like the Onion, <laughs> yeah. the Onion is not always necessarily the, qu the quickest on the uptake for things. Well, I think the Onion will do an, an article about it, and at some point in the future. Mainstream will do an article with the exact same headline, almost the exact same reporting, because The Onion, making light of it, yeah. is going to actually be making light of something that really happens. Yeah, well, The Onion, the onion like, it, it's actually interesting, uh, for one other brief digression before we end, The Onion is primarily staffed by, by professional journalists, um, which is why, especially if you read their actual articles, uh, their articles are so... Like are are so are played so completely straight, and follow like the AP style. It's because a lot of people are like are ex AP reporters and and the, and the like, who are applying that same level of diligence in the in the type of writing to things that they know to be patently ridiculous. Right, which is why they're doing it because it is you know yeah. If, I mean, yeah. Oh, other rapid-fire prediction. Um, we didn't mention this earlier, but Overwatch 2 is a thing that we'll be releasing at some point, I think, in 2020? Uh, Question mark? Some, uh, sometime soonish. And that'll be... Uh, but my prediction is it'll actually be good. My prediction is it will have a lot more microtransactions than, than Overwatch 1. Usually a safe prediction. Yeah, solid call. But hey, as long as they're all still cosmetic, I don't really care. Right. What's interesting about that is apparently um, they're all the stuff, the new characters and maps and stuff, they will also be adding all those to the first Overwatch game, and those games will be able to be played simultaneously. Because yeah. it's essentially a fancy schmancy version of the same engine, client, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. And then also it'll have like additional like PvE stuff. Uh, yeah, Overwatch 2 is apparently going to have like a one-player type game. It, it strikes me as a savvy move because you have a lot of those games where like uh, you have competitive scenes and like uh, uh, you know player bases and stuff. Yeah, and then, you don't want to split your player. Yeah, base you split the player base when you have like these expansions and sequels and stuff. But this way, they get to have their cake and eat it too. Like a lot of the people will go ahead and buy into the new generation, but the people that can't or won't will yeah. still be invested. And of course, mm -hmm. microtransactions will still be getting that money, money yeah. from them. Right. And then everyone gets to play with each other. It's win-win. Path of Exile is doing the same thing. They announced an ExileCon Path of Exile Two. Which is apparently just going to be um, a new five-act, uh, actually not a new five-act, new ten-act storyline that is set after Path of Exile 1. But if you're playing Path of Exile 1 or Path of Exile 2, you're still playing on the same servers and interacting in the same trade economy. Interesting. The question is simply which story content you're playing, because the endgame content is going to remain the same. I'd say that's a fair, a fairly <laughs> safe prediction to make as well, is that we'll see more of that um, asynchronous game-like development and release, where mm -hmm. games interact with each other, there's cross-platform play, or yep. play between different iterations of the same franchise. Yeah, with, with, uh, with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, which is the dumbest damn name... Xbox X! Xbox doesn't know how to name their, their, their consoles. Uh, I think we're going to see a little bit uh, an, up, an uptick in in, uh, in cross console. Also, let the record state they're one X away from an XXX named uh, yeah. console. 
<laughs> yeah, then you have to be only. Which is a PR nightmare. Then you have to. Then you have to be twenty-one to buy it. Like, I, mom, like I swear it's just video games. <laughs> Nintendo just re- just oh, changes their name every every uh, every. Um, yeah, well, they, no, they they, they had their chance. They 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 did their giant fuck up with the Wii U branding. Yes. So the but, common person didn't even realize it was a different console. Yeah. But at, at this point, you know, <laughs> at this point, pretty much like, for the most part, they changed their name completely. Right. PlayStation just adds to, one yeah. to the number. I would I would say, and Xbox doesn't know what it's doing. I would say, regardless of people's uh, <laughs> feelings and opinions and experiences with the various consoles and stuff, let's just be honest. Sony has the best system here. Hey guys, uh, you know what comes after PlayStation? PlayStation Two. What comes after that? Three, four, and five. Oh my God! What a what a concept, you guys! We just right. we just they, change the number. It's we almost just add like, one to the number. It's almost right. like well, people see, can know it's the same line of consoles, but yeah. it's a different one. Right. But then but then you then you get if they're hopefully they don't do something stupid like Apple did. So Samsung. You know, has the Galaxy S this S one two oh, three yeah, four five whole, six seven. Yeah. yeah. So Apple goes from the eight. To not the nine, not the ten, but <laughs> the X. Guys, this is like Windows operating systems from the last decade, where it was like Windows ninety eight second edition, Windows two thousand, and Windows Millennium, and some other. We don't know what we're doing. Right. We're just numbers Windows, and words. We're Windows just spitting it two, all out. three, four. You know, uh, seven, seven XP. Yeah. So yeah, and, and here's the funny thing: uh, when Apple first introduces the ten, the X. <laughs> they no no it's the Roman numeral ten. You need to call it the ten. So all of their reps and everybody who sold it was instructed to call it the ten because there was the ten, there was the ten R, which is the cheaper version, and then there was the ten S, which the XS, and then the wow. XS Max. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just going. God. Yeah, it's like. But you, and- <laughs> You and and you don't want people role? to notice that it's in excess. Right. Uh, yeah. And with that, we're going to have to call it an episode because it's 11 o'clock and Neil needs to sleep. Yeah. Um, sleep is overrated. Sleep is for the week. Everyone, we want to thank you for rejoining us here this year for Season 5 of Geek Fanthology. Um, so we've been doing this for Season 5? Yeah, this is Season 5. Five. God damn. I know, right? Um, five years. I, 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 my friend Felix... Uh, hi, hi, Felix. Hi, Felix. Um, he, uh, he, uh, we, since we're on Spotify, he was like, okay, hey, I can listen to your pod- podcast now, because he wasn't interested in listening to things that weren't on Spotify. And he was looking, and he was like, you've got a lot of episodes, to which I said, well, yeah, Felix, I've been doing this for four years now. <laughs> oh, God. Four years. Uh, but yeah, um, so this is year five. Um, starting year five strong. Woo! All right. Uh, so we'll talk to you next time. This has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we'll talk to you next time. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter A and the number 94. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, rating us, liking our video if you're on YouTube, subscribing, doing all that stuff that helps out the algorithm. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one through Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Here's hoping for an excellent 2020.